Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody. Thanks for keeping your dial tuned to Tech Vibe Radio this Friday night. So glad you're joining us. So much fun going on here in Pittsburgh, Audrey. It's it's hard to keep track of it all sometimes. I know. It used to be in the day you couldn't keep track. You could keep track and know everything. Now like that's, we used to know yeah. every restaurant. <laughs> exactly. When did that? We used to know every event that was going on, and now, um, you know, it's a buzz. It's a buzz. It's a buzz. I think I like the, it's a buzz. <laughs> and now we have coming up this week is Thrival. It's coming up right around the corner, man. Right and. Um, and uh, if you don't know anything about Thrival, you should certainly check it out. Just look up Thrival. It pops up right at the top of your search. And they're they're doing a lot of things around um, music and uh, innovation and the collision thereof. They bring in a lot of acts from all over. And, and uh, last year, I think they had 14,000 people. Yeah. Well, they got, a, they, they got a, they got a, I would call it a better location for a music event. Where is it this High, year? Highmark Stadium. Which on the south side, which oh. makes it so much. Before it's been at the Cary Furnace, which is a wonderful, wonderful location, but really hard to put a show on because there's no electricity there. There's like all these things you got to pipe in there to make it happen. Where at Highmark Stadium, it, there's there's more access to parking. It, it's it's ready to go as a place. So I think it makes it a lot easier to put on a, a an even more tight show, for lack of a better term. So I'm looking forward to it. But what's really cool is is the week of innovation events that lead up to the music, right? And all around artificial intelligence and everything. I, it's such a cool thing. I I, I just like having a it. lot of conversations exactly at all different levels. It's kind of like a South by Southwest, for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, in it's Pittsburgh. It's a little different. You know. Yeah, it's a little different. Because South by Southwest actually isolates. They have three right. days for innovation, right. three days for music, and three days for um, film. I would call it North by Northeast. Yeah. But I mean, I think I like the fact <laughs> that it's organic, and every year they're Definitely. trying to rethink how how it all plays out and, and who is performing and what the conversations are it's a lot of moving pieces and parts but the nice piece is is that we're gaining some traction in that space and we are we're opening up the dialogue for not just those people like us who are in this world great point and i and i like that i like that effect of it all most definitely it's been fun to watch it really grow and mature over the years so like i said what was just music has now turned into you know Best of practices of, of TED-like talks, a little bit of everything kind of going on. I think it's one of the things that's it's putting Pittsburgh on the map. I, I think people are traveling from around the country to come to this I know, festival, I think which great. I think is fantastic. So mm-hmm. hats off to the hard work that those guys put on at Thrival, that's for sure. And our friends at Asunder that are part of that as well, too. So, guys, good luck because it's coming up this week. Just go to just, just Google Thrival and you'll get all the information. Right. So and, and it's for yeah. everyone. And it's for it's everyone. It's not just for those people who are in tech and innovation exactly. even though most of us are in tech and innovation one way or another and we don't even know it sometimes because even right. when we put out our state of the industry report mm-hmm. the amount of like the region's payroll that's like in the 30s 33 percent or 34 percent yep that means one out of every three people are working either in some form of health care right 
or some piece of technology. Exactly. And whether they're in administrative roles or they are actually working inside the company on software development, whatever it may be, that it touches all of us. It does. And that's what's so exciting is that it, Pittsburgh is a tech town. At the end of the day, it's a healthcare town. It's a tech town. And it's, it's, it's creating it's a buzz. As you said, it's, it's creating this buzz. And it's creating the fact that we can't keep track of what restaurants we like anymore because the new ones being added all the time. That's very exciting. But what is your favorite place to go eat these to days? To go where? Yeah, to go eat these days. What, what favorite restaurant we see right now? Well, you know, I just tried um, pie for breakfast. You did? Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on that? Really liked it. Yeah. Really liked it. Very fresh. You okay. can get. I love that you can get breakfast any time of day. That's always a plus. You know, always really like that. Their pies are, I mean, I'm, I try not to eat them because they're so fattening. <laughs> I try not but to their eat them. pies are great. They actually delineate whether or not the pie is um, made vegetarian or not because of, of the lard. Right. So I really appreciated that yeah. being a vegetarian. I want, I want a but vegetarian they had, pie. Yeah, crazy pies that they make like every day. Really? They have beers, great beers. Oh, man. Now this is so, coming together. Pie and beer. You know, everything beer. is fresh. I've had a salad there that's just been off the charts. Huh. And totally fresh. I need to go. Um, and it's a very unassuming atmosphere. Even better yet. You know, they got, a, you know, they got, you could sit up at the bar on some, you know, dinette stools or you can just, it's just, it's very unassuming. Do you know where I went the other day that I was really excited about? And it's not quite new yet, but I went to Chula a couple weeks ago. It's like the Chipotle of Indian food, and I loved it. Yeah, you know, it was so good. I'm sorry, the like, nan is yeah, just crazy, exactly. right? It's all, and I, was, I love Indian food as well. Me too. And, this and they actually it. have delivered to me. Oh, really? On Uber Eats? Yes. Ah, very cool. So mm-hmm. you, you can get that. So anchoring. you've actually gone in and sat down. Yeah, it's a great, positive, fun environment. Like the staff are all nice. I don't know. I, it's a great town to be eating in these days pittsburgh is and so i don't know yeah chula's part of that mix for me now these days just saying i'm gonna try pie but anyhow i digress so you know what's coming up pretty soon audrey that i'm really excited about and there's always a good dinner there tech 50 <laughs> tech 50 is known for we're its, not talking for, about for, for, for its, now, for its, it's right? great chicken dinners yes <laughs> if you're vegetarian for you get like a pasta dinner at, at tech 50 <laughs> i never get a dinner at tech 50 because we always sell out and i'm usually standing along the side somewhere watching people eat that's always fun for me because I've seen another sold-out event, which is what Tech 50 is heading towards right now. Very exciting. October the 25th, Audrey. We've got it's some... always a great night. It's yeah. a fun night. It's it's hard to decide who the winners are. The judges, you know, really take it seriously. No, it's Really the... trying to figure out who, you know, we should go back, Jonathan, and just see I'm who listening. all these winners are. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, because this is the 22nd year for Tech right. 50. But, I mean, it would be cool to find out who was who were winners and finalists 22 years 22 ago. Years Where ago. are they now? I can dig that up. It would be really cool yeah, to dig I, that up and talk about it. I'm going to do and that. And I want to make sure that we get all these finalists actually on the air. Right? I mean, I'd like to get them all year we would on need, the air. We would I mean, I like... Extra, we would need extra hours of Tech Vibe Radio. Well, Not that I'm against that. Just saying. We but, would need that because there's so many. You know, we also added an artificial intelligence robotics category. So you know that's brought up. how happy I was when we added that this year? Because I think for many years, Audrey, I've been asking about a robotics category. And it's like, uh, we can roll them into this other category here. I'm like, no, it should have its own category because Pittsburgh is really being known for its artificial intelligence and, and its robotics. And this is the first year that we have that category, which I think is just really freaking exciting. I mean, I'm all about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. The companies that are in there... Um, 
but we and should in terms of what see and, and I like the way you're thinking. I think we should we need to set up to where like at least once a month we take someone who's a finalist or a winner and mm-hmm. we get them on the air and really talk and do a little bit of a deep dive about what it's like to be a tech fifty finalist or a tech fifty winner. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's, I think what yeah. You know, listen, we have an amazing ecosystem. You're releasing a tech map that's gonna oh, show I forgot about that. Yes. Right? You're releasing a tech map that's gonna show where the proliferation by industry group so it's not a map this year it's our record because we've done a map for like five years you've done a map where it's like a bird's eye view of pittsburgh right and you see all these logos about where they're located you know in what part of town now after a while you start realizing well east liberty is all filled up i can't fit another logo on there became kind of crazy and clumsy with 400 logos so this year we went industry group not only industry group but by actual vinyl records we're using vinyl records to represent like information technology, to represent emerging technology, to represent life sciences and advanced manufacturing. And so for us to do this rock and roll theme while showing how great these companies are and showing where they're kind of, kind of you know, by industry group, where they're kind of hanging out and where they reside, to me, is just really exciting. And I hope people get pumped up about it and realize that Pittsburgh's this great town with great companies that demand great workers that want great restaurants like pie and chula and stuff like that. And so it's this weird, crazy mix. And then we get to do this great show every Friday night, kind of talking about the different intersections going on there. Yeah. It makes it too much fun. Too much fun. So, Audrey, on today's show, mm-hmm. we've got quite the cast of character stopping by today. You know, it's not every day when we have, once again, I told you last week, you know, we have Joel Johnson from Boxy Stop. Oh, yeah, right. But he's bringing a friend with him. He had Devin Montgomery coming with him to talk about Proto Haven. So. I'm so excited about Proto Haven. You know, we've been talking about trying to maybe build some chairs, build some stuff build for our something, space. Right. But just the idea there's a cool maker builder space in Wilkinsburg that's out of the ashes of of Tech Shop, I think is really super exciting. So we're gonna learn more about that. And of course we have Arcadia IO stopping by. Yeah, they're doing interesting things. They're doing a lot of yeah. pulling out some data mm-hmm. in uh healthcare. That's exactly so I mean Big data, improving the quality of people's lives. Like, oh, no, it's exciting. That's what's making Pittsburgh tick these days. So we're going to let everyone know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And stay tuned for our tech map. It's coming, man. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> it's like a train coming down the tracks, man. Oh, my goodness. Exciting stuff. Anyhow, we're taking a quick break, Audrey. We are coming right back. Um, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Go to Twitter at pghtech and see all the things that we're up to, including Tech 50 happening on October the 25th. It'll be here before we know it, Audrey, about five weeks and counting. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you are joining us here on Friday night for Tech Vibe Radio. Audrey, every Friday night, it became September, and I don't know where this happened, and it's freaking me out. But we actually have a return guest. You know, just last week... We had one Joel Johnson on here from Boxy. One Joel Johnson. Yes. There, rumor is there could be Did two. Did you get permission yeah. to yes. label him that way? <laughs> you have my permission. He's the one and the only as far as that goes. And, and then we, he brought someone else in the house. Yeah. We have Devin Montgomery. Hi, Devin. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Why don't, you, why don't we jump in? Yeah. Well, we alluded last week that... Hey, we were talking we about were coming Boxy. Back. We were coming back. And that we were coming back because Proto Haven is now a happening in Wilkinsburg which I am very excited about because it's, I don't know, there's so many cool things happening here. That's why I can't wait to, to, to tell our listeners. So if our it. listeners, yes. before we jump in, right. what's the website? Uh, so it's uh, protohaven, P-R-O-T-O-H-A-V-E-N.org. 
Excellent. So, so how about giving us a quick overview of Proto Haven? Yeah, so Proto Haven is a nonprofit <clears throat> co-working space and school for design and fabrication. Um, so we are part of what people call maker spaces. So we are a space where anyone can come and become a member. They can learn how to use technology from laser cutters to CNC lathes to even have a blacksmithing area. Um, so they can come, learn how to use the equipment, and then use it to start a business, uh, create their art, or in education. Oh my. So anyone? Do you have to be over, like, 12? Well, so we're working on some of those things. So definitely anyone over 18. Um, our, our model plans right now are in the studio, which has some of our safer equipment. Right. Uh, 14 and above can work okay. unsupervised nice. as long as they behave as, as adults and uh, well, know how to use the equipment. I can't go. <laughs> and <I'm> then... <laughs> Well, you, you can come. Well, we'll I'll make behave. An we'll exception. sign a waiver. Um, and then 16 and older in our workshop, which has some of the, like our wood shop, metal shop, stuff like that. Cool. And Devin, what's your background? Yeah. So I guess as... Uh, <laughs> like, what I, led I, you to this? Jonathan's like really doing an interview with you. Yeah. So I guess I, uh, I can start back when I moved to Pittsburgh. So I moved to Pittsburgh for law school. And as a hobby, mm. I did a lot of hiking, and a lot of hikers make their own gear. So I started Whoa. doing that. Okay. I designed an ultralight backpacking stove called the Backcountry Boiler. What? Really? I know the Backcountry Boiler. Hey. Yeah, that's I'm that guy. I made it on my uh, back porch in, in Shadyside. It, no way. Yeah. See, Audrey, the coolest people that's hang out so on Tech Vibrator. So is that for sale? Uh, not anymore. It's kind of, it, it's kind of uh, it, it was great for a while, but it's kind of taken a back seat. Okay. Um, but that's what got me into making. And then, so when Tech Shop moved to Pittsburgh in 2013, I became a member as soon as I could. Uh, and I was a member there until they announced they were closing last May. Mm-hmm. So I and Joel and some of the other members got together and wanted that kind of space to be right. available in the community. Uh, just maybe not as Tech Shop, maybe not a for-profit. Right. Uh, so that's sort of what led us to. I gotcha. To wow. And then Joel, just to reintroduce you to our listeners, obviously you are from Boxy, one of the coolest companies in Pittsburgh, which allows people to have their own proto haven in their basement if they so want, or in their kitchen, or wherever you can plug the dang thing yeah. in. Right? So tell us about Boxy real quick. Desktop proto haven. Desktop proto haven. <laughs> I remember back in the day you'd say desktop tech shop, and I love the way that rhymed. But I like yeah. the, I like the sound of Our, desktop proto haven. Now better. that I'm a part of proto haven, yeah, in a substantial sense than tech shop. It's. Uh, now I'm just going to keep saying Proto Haven. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, Moxie is a thing that kind of make anything. We tried to get as close to a Star Trek replicator as we could. So, we wanted to be able to use, like, a lot of different kinds of inks. And those inks are, like, steel and uh, plastics and wood. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. So, it's got, like, multiple modules that swap in and out that allow it to be a laser cutter, a 3D printer, and a CNC mill. Just that? Nothing yeah, else. just that. It doesn't have it doesn't have the grilled cheese attachment. Actually, yet. no. So people have been trying to design a whole bunch of stuff like EDM attachments, which means like electromagnetic discharge um, carves with electricity, whoa, things like that. That's not crazy. Insane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. So now we're going to jump back yeah. to Devin here, who's going to talk about Proto Haven. Uh, is this what you do as your full time gig right now? Yep, full time for just about a year now. Wow. So what happened to law school? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so I, I finished that, but I've been working for the past. Oh, gosh, almost 10 years as a product designer. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. So here you are at Proto Haven, and, you know, it emerged out of Tech Shop. We heard that, and, you know, you sort of took ashes and made, you know, some pretty big, exciting things out of those ashes. So why does Pittsburgh need Proto Haven? Yeah, so I think there are, uh, are a lot of different reasons. So um, I got into this because I liked 
a high quality makerspace as as a patron, as someone who would go there and make things. I ran businesses out of there. I had friends who had run businesses out of there. Um, and it was kind of unfathomable to me that that kind of place would would go away. So I think Joel can you know could could talk more about what it meant for Boxy. Um, I know innumerable you know uh, artists, uh, small companies, um, teenagers who are learning you know steam classes, things like that. Um, I just think that having a place where you can have access to that quality of physical equipment um, is something that once you have it, it's hard to imagine a city without. It can't it. go away. I remember when when Tech Shop first came to Pittsburgh, I mean, I wasn't really aware of the maker scene here. Like, I didn't realize how robust it was until all these people were really popping up and using Tech Shop. And just hearing about other alternatives and just people just seeing it more as their lifestyle. Like, like, yes, I'm I'm a lawyer by day, but I'm actually designing this really cool camping gear at night. And so you realize there's all these people, which Audrey has always pointed out for the mm-hmm. past 10 years, it's this creative industries type, this intersection of where our tech folks have their day jobs, but they're also creating really neat stuff at night. And so I think it's so yeah. cool to have a, a facility like Proto Haven that you can go to, or you buy something like a boxy and you can really explore your creativity and, and your design skills. So I, I do you mind if I tag no, in a little bit? On. So Absolutely. I tend to think of it a little more abstractly, even though okay. I had very concrete, even though I had some very concrete successes um, from launching Boxy out of Tech right. Shop originally. Um, so I mean, you talk about like libraries are starting to kind of decline in their usefulness with the internet, right? So you you have to sad. Get, I mean, it's it's I don't know it's if just it's a moment of sadness. I mean, it's it's called change. Mo- yes, it <laughs> changes change. always yeah. a little right. painful. However, I mean, um, I like I, the Dewey Decimal System. But, <laughs> I love the Dewey Decimal System. It has moved system. on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, but basically, what you got now is you've got this transition where there's a reinvention of what that kind of resource looks like, and one of the biggest needs, especially in America, since small business has been declining since like the 1970s is you need a proliferation of small businesses. and exactly. um, That's where the jobs are created. Yeah, that's where the jobs are created. You're, you're essentially got this ecosystem that's missing several bottom layers, right? And so what, what something like Protohaven does is it gives the resources for small businesses to enter more sectors of the job market uh, and the, uh, the into manufacturing, into design, and they're able to do that in a way that was never possible before. You're talking about giving people resources that... Mm-hmm. Um, only large businesses had before. Exactly. So it opens up the opportunity for people to utilize these tools like they utilize the library, except they're actually doing something instead of just learning. Absolutely. So we've got about a couple minutes left on this segment. We're coming back with more Protohaven. And so Protohaven is a nonprofit compared to Tech Shop that was a for-profit. This is going to open the doors for more people and makes it more accessible. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then we're going to take a break and come back and talk more. And yeah. we're going to do a little case study on Joel here as well, too. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, so I think th- there are a couple differences. One is uh, Tech Shop famously closed because they were losing money, right? So they were covering about three quarters of their costs in revenue. And if you're a for-profit business, that's a big problem, yes. right? But if you're a nonprofit, that's actually fantastic, right? If three quarters of your overall uh, revenue is earned revenue, and you can fill a quarter of that with uh, um, contributed revenue to, for instance, make a space more available to people who can otherwise afford it exactly. and do some of those things, that's it takes a bad business plan and turns it into a good one. I like it. And like it. the uh, the other thing that we wanted to do in terms of becoming a community resource was focus on things like that. Focus on making the space available to other nonprofits, to people who otherwise couldn't afford a place like Tech Shop. And that was one of the big problems. It wasn't exactly cheap to 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 you know get into Tech Shop and start making. And so we're going to come back after this quick break. We're going to talk more about that and how actually 
Boxy was created at Tech Shop, which I think is just yeah. so interesting. But I want to learn more about the blacksmith shop that's happening Absolutely. there. Like, can I like make knives and cool, fun stuff? I've been obsessed with watching the knife shows on TV. <laughs> I digress. But anyhow, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Proto Haven. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, helping tech companies succeed since 1983. And Tech 50's right on the corner, October the 25th. I'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, we're returning here with our friends from Proto Haven in Wilkinsburg, protohaven.org. Very unique to Pittsburgh. I'd say even in the country to a certain degree. Is that not right, Joel? I like the way he declares that. I know. I just makes yeah, statements. I did too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it is you... highly unique. I mean, to find a makerspace at all in your local community is like, that's a very hard thing to do. But to have a makerspace with capacities that range from building a birdhouse to building a small company, you that said is birdhouse. Yeah, you remember you Audrey's it. passion <laughs> for the birdhouses. So it is really interesting. So let's so let's sort of jump into why this is so distinct and why this is really something that's emanated from Pittsburgh. How about Devin? Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the things that, that we really wanted to do as we were starting was be responsive to what people here were actually interested in. Um, and one of the things that Jonathan asked about uh, earlier was the blacksmithing section. I know, it's all hot these days, literally <laughs> and figuratively, right? Right. So in, uh, in the space we had been in before, uh, blacksmithing was sort of relegated to a corner of the welding shop. And it was an area where there was a lot of interest. Um, there were some really good back- blacksmiths working out of there. But they had, I don't know, uh, less than 100 square feet uh, between them oh, right, to sort of work right, and right. You know, move around the welding equipment. It was rough. That's so, right. so one of the things that we've done in our and new- you couldn't put it too close to the looming equipment because you would catch the looming equipment on fire. Right, right? all all kinds of hazards. Exactly. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Got to encapsulate that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so what we've done is we have a, a loading dock. It's it's a big area with big roll up doors. Um, and starting out, that's where we've located the blacksmithing area. So it creates a lot of heat, as you can imagine. So they can just roll up that door uh, and start pounding, pounding away. How many forges do you have? So we currently have two forges, uh, four anvils. Anvils just sort of uh, have started showing up. Um, and we actually have nice. our first... Mysteriously showing up? Where yeah, is... which is great because a, a good antique <laughs> anvil is actually pretty expensive. Wow. Um, and we tonight have our first uh, safety clearance class. Ooh, wow. uh, so we're pretty excited about it. Very and cool. so what has surprised you in terms of the people who participate? Yeah, a lot of it has been, um, well, you would be surprised by the the, the breadth of the, of yeah. the different kinds really? of folks who, who participate. So we're talking about blacksmithing, for instance. Right. So here's a surprising thing. One of the best ways to get uh, computer engineers into your makerspace is blacksmithing. So What? Right, so you might think it would be something like CNC or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, right. So they want to go all like OG, right? Like original, like roll up your sleeves. Yeah, some so hot metal. a lot of people who like making things in, yeah. in a variety of ways um, like making things in many different ways. And if you would spend all day working on code, you probably want something different, something right. more immediate. That right. makes sense. Um, and that's actually been a lot of the And that's where you get the immediacy from. Yeah, yeah. So there's been that, and also a thing that's really impressed me um, is the number of hours that some of our volunteers work. So ah. we actually have, so I'm the only full-time staffer, but we have over 70 hours every week of volunteer uh, service that is done. So people keeping the shop open. We've been working for the last four weeks moving uh, tech shop's old equipment uh, into our building, um, and people are there all day working really hard. Wow. I've been really impressed. That's so awesome. So tell us the location of this. You're on Trenton, right? And right in the heart of Wilkinsburg. That's right. Yeah. So we're on North Trenton Avenue. And actually, 
if you're driving on Penn into Wilkinsburg, there's a big Wilkinsburg sign. It's sort of this metal oh, right. yes. yeah. yeah. If you take sign. a left at that sign and go until the end of the road, that's exactly where we are. That's what I'm talking about. And Wilkinsburg has been fantastic. Um, it's great. Um, Rita Garrett, the new mayor, has yeah, been to our great. space Amazing. two or three times, has been incredibly supportive, um, all the way down to code enforcement. Uh, I had my best interaction with a code enforcement officer when go. we were uh, <laughs> really? looking to get the... Uh, the occupancy permit. So they've been really uh, great and welcoming all around. So what's coming up? What do you think the next year is going to bring? Yeah, so what we're trying to do in this next year and, and honestly in the next few months is get the shop to a spa- to a point where we can finally be sort of all the way open, right? So we've been open since last December. We signed a lease and the next day people were in working in the shop. In two weeks, people are using laser cutters. But we still, we expanded to the full building in May um, and we're still moving in equipment, still getting electricity run. So a lot of the areas of the shop have been running, but we want to sort of get everything running so we can move past the move-in right. to more of these people going and, and focusing you know, back on their businesses, back on their art. I think something important to note is that we just got to a point where, so we've been largely community-driven, so people basically staying in Proto Haven because they believed in the vision and right. wanted this exactly. to be a Pittsburgh right. and Wilkinsburg like right. a um, resource. But we right now have all of Tech Shop's tools for Tech Shop Pittsburgh, and we have more. That is what's so cool is because if anyone doesn't know, I mean, Tech Shop had everything you could ever want to play with and have fun with. Yeah, if you wanted to learn to sew, you could sew. If you wanted to embroider, you could embroider. If you wanted to go work in metalsmithing, you could do that. My personal favorite is welding. I love welding. That's what I want to learn to do. You just want to wear the outfit. I love wearing the outfit. I love wearing the outfit. That's what it's about. It makes me feel like a man. Roll up my sleeves and... Get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited to see this kind of proliferation, right? Just not just for the neighborhood in right. Wilkinsburg, but the fact that you're moving people together in a way that's that's sort of grassroots, but definitely with a mission of sort of you don't even know what some of these collisions are going to bring. I would imagine that in a year from now you're going to be surprised. And I think that's that's absolutely true. So I was. I was writing you earlier, Jonathan, about exactly. the way that we like to think about Protohaven as being a public utility, right. right? So one of the things that people said, and this is true in, in a lot of different you know industries, is if you're if, if you're looking for focus, you want to focus on one type of customer and be really narrow and serve them really well, right? But because of how important we see this kind of space being for right. for the community, for having those unexpected right. interactions, we wanted to be general purpose, right? So we wanted to be one space where somebody tinkering and not knowing what they're doing yet to someone working on their art, to employees of some of the best engineering companies in the city, to an artisan building their small business. Right. We thought it was really valuable mm-hmm. to be a place that could serve that wide array of different people. I mean, that's what make, yeah. that's what creates an, an inclusive community. Only good things can happen. Yeah, from only that. great things can happen exactly. from that. Now, speaking, so, of, speaking of great things, so Boxy is like a, a, a case study as to how this actually works. So at Tech Shop, Boxy was created. We want more companies like Boxy starting to come out of Proto Haven. So, Joel, maybe tell us a little bit about how you use Tech Shop to actually build your Boxy. Well, so for me, we, so I had my education in philosophy and psychology. It was a lot of writing. So I wanted to go out and do something real. Completely different. Than, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a second. I'm going to create a 3D printing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was going to go to graduate school and I decided to take a little break and go up and help rescue a contracting company here in Pittsburgh. Uh, it was actually in Pittsburgh and New York and some other places. Okay. And uh, and I started reading about makerspaces. And that led me to Tech Shop. 
And I hadn't, I didn't know what CNC meant before going in there. I took all the classes, and next thing you know, I'm designing a robot. It was see, it, it was really kind of phenomenal. With any intention of saying I can make a company around this to sell this. Yeah, I wasn't even a tinkerer yet, right. and I and and somehow just I was able to go in there and create a small business that is robotics. Right. So from I mean, and nothing, that is the future of and that's building. The, I think that is the future. businesses. Talking about being able to control your learning, your having a small business that you care about and can actually profit. I, I mean, like I consider this. Um, I used to say it, it may be boring, but it's a capitalist answer to a Marxist critique. Right? Whoa! We're giving people the capitalism kind of gave people their tools back and let them take ownership of the tools of production. Interesting. So, yeah, so that's, that's and I like the fact <clears throat> that. We have Devin here, who actually is an attorney, so that if I have any issues that I've developed that in there- That is most useful. I think that's pretty useful, given his background in product management. Yeah. Uh, well, so I'm not actually- So I did graduate from law school. I am uh, not an attorney. Um, you didn't take the bar. I did not take the bar. That's okay. Uh, I made the stove instead. You have- I'm glad you, you made the stove instead. That's awesome. Me too. My parents less so, but yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Devin, what are you doing? <laughs> They'll get over it. Yes, but you but, still have knowledge. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I certainly think so. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think what Joel hit on uh, before was was something that was really interesting. Um, you know, we talk about spaces like this and how important the community is and, and stuff like that um, to sort of have those connections. And that's extremely valuable. You know, the other thing that, that we like to do, the, the way that we like to bring in technology is something like like the CNC machines, right, where it, it takes... You know, if you design something on a CNC mill or a CNC router, um, you can do something in a couple months, and if you can use simple software, where you can produce something that's of the quality that would be hard for an artisan that's been working for 20 years mm -hmm. to, to replicate. And it's also something that if you want to start a business with it, you can scale that in a way where you can actually make a living. Right. Right. I was, or test ideas out very rapidly as well, too, right? All no, of the above. Yeah. You know, I was reading this article, I think it was in the New York Times a few years ago, about the man in the world who makes the best suits. He makes like the best suits for, mm -hmm. you know, all of the celebrities, all of these, all of these things, um, and and they're pristine. He earns forty thousand dollars a year because he insists on doing everything by hand, right? And so I think there's value to having that kind of person in the world, but it, there's also a lot, a lot of value to somebody being able to scale use it. their skills and use robotic robots to their advantage exactly. to, be able to scale and and. Earn a decent living. That's we should probably talking. track that guy down. Yeah. See what he's up to. <laughs> See if he wants to move to Pittsburgh because we could probably help him. We have some Well, but I also don't, I, I don't want to critique him too hard. If, if he enjoys that life, more power to him. But yeah. I want people to have options. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, I think that's so cool. So protohaven.org, right in Wilkinsburg, right in the middle of the East End. That's right. It's like you got to check it out because if you're thinking about doing something, I mean, obviously everyone's like super friendly, super welcoming. They want you to hang out and try stuff. And it's not intimidating. So it's, even exactly. if you have an idea, of like, any kind of idea, just show up. Audrey and I were thinking about doing some chairs for our new space in Nova Oh, yeah, place. we have a new idea. Oh, you, you know? got the idea. Yeah. That would be great. We mm -hmm. have, the Rancho Relaxo Whatever. could become a reality. Just saying. <laughs> you, you, you never know. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping. But Audrey and I could be maker. Audrey right. is a maker. She's making birdhouses since the uh, tender age of nine. So, you know, that's all I I still say. haven't seen one of your birdhouses, Audrey. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> Multi-leveled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I've graduated. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hey, guys, thanks for stopping by. Seriously. Yeah, thank great, you great. So thank you for having us. Thank you. We need more of you guys in Pittsburgh doing what you're doing. Just as simple as that. And we're taking a quick break. We are coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. That is a
fact. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And guess what, Audrey? Tech 50 right around the corner. October the 25th, the biggest mm-hmm. night in technology. Some of people night. showing up. I can't wait. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and then fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. Hey, everybody. It is absolutely 100% true. You're listening to Tech Vibe Radio tonight. And Audrey, we've got a really cool guest hanging out with us tonight. Not only is he wearing Vans, my favorite. Oh, I'm not atti- my, my, my Vans my, today. I know. I, mean, I know. I, I, I didn't wear my Vans today either. I usually almost always wear my Vans when I'm doing the show. Audrey has Chucks on. Come on. But it counts because she does. He has Chucks, so the Chucks count. I'm just wearing good old I collect Doc sneakers. Yeah, she does. Just mm-hmm. saying. I'm just saying, I see a man in vans. I know we got the real deal. I'm just calling it out for how I see it. Audrey. I know. You're wearing your, like... My usual Doc Martens. I know. I know. I can't get past it's 1992. It's not even winter. It's just, it had to be a little no, more Doc official Martins today. Are comfortable, though. They are, but not like vans. Just saying. Slip Anyhow. On, slip ones. So who's this man with the vans we're talking about? Of course. The one and only we have John Cook from Arcadia here today, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. Glad Absolutely, to be here. Absolutely, man. So quickly, tell our listeners, what is Arcadia real quick? So Arcadia.io is a company that does population health for the enterprise. That's a big, long, convoluted phrase. Basically yeah. what we do is we pull data in, healthcare data across entire network of populations. Yeah. We aggregate it, clean it, and then we allow you to be able to do analytics on it like you've never Whoa. done before. I believe it. Very cool. Like you've never done before. Like you've never done. We can get data out of nooks and crannies that no one's going to pull it The out. nooks and cranny data, the is that, and... that's the stuff where you find all like the savings. Vacuuming. and Yeah. They're like <laughs> under vacuum your, data. Under your couch and behind It's finding desk. big quarters between those couch pillows, I guess, <laughs> as far as that goes. Yeah. That's what we specialize in. <laughs> no, that's so interesting. But and So wait, what's yeah. your role there? I'm the chief technology officer, so I oversee software development and technical implementations. And how large is the organization? We are about 200 employees right now. Wow. And located where? We are located in Pittsburgh, which is all of our tech R&D, um, Boston, and then we have a small office outside of Seattle just for salespeople on the West Coast. And then we have an office outside of Chicago, which is all of our nurses and people that work directly with doctors. Very cool. I love Very it. Cool. Now, we, we were talking before. You gave me this cool presentation. It had this little little bit of a pop quiz on it. I think this is really cool to start the segment off because I think it really kind of sets the stage as to what... Arcadia does and where your value really lies. Well, what do you want? What's the quiz? What's the first question? Well, we well could, the, the quiz was yeah. developed for me to teach developers about what we do. So we opened up with a couple questions. Yeah. Let's, let's go through some of the Quiz Audrey and I will we'll be startled. Yeah, let's see. Sure. So in uh, 1900, what was the annual amount spent per person on health care? Probably wasn't a whole lot compared to what's going on today, I bet. What's the answer to that? So the answer was approximately $5, which would be equivalent to $100 per year today. That's that's what it cost to bury somebody back then? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably Is the that what health care was? Did that include maternity <laughs> care? That include leeches. Leeches, yeah, exactly. Uh, the vapors and all that kind of good stuff, right? Uh, oh, my goodness. So, the, so where well, are we today? Do you know? Billions. So well, it's got to be a So person? on average, it's over oh, 10000 10, per year per person. That they pay for health Yeah, so if care. You, t- you take the total expenditure and you divide it by the, the number of persons. And that's every so that person. that includes insurance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's about right. Interesting. I want another startling. Which is. Yeah, another startling fact, John. Another startling fact. Let's see. So what does the U.S. government spend the most money on? Defense, Social Security, or health care? I'm going to say health care. 
you got it. It has That's to be. an easy one, right? but, but think yeah. about, but what percentage is, is that of, of the spend? It's got to be a huge number. I mean, if it's more than, than military? It's more than defense. So uh, more, I think, more than defense? Yeah. Yeah. So most people think defense, or at least a couple of years ago, they thought it was defense. Defense is approximately 3% of GDP. Right. Healthcare is about 5.2%. Wow. And rising, right? And rising. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. As the baby the boomers is, uh, get older. Yeah. yeah. And before we came on air, you had mentioned that now it's like the, 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 the fastest growing profession, if not the largest employer. Well, it's healthcare the, providers. It's right? the largest number of workers in the U.S. I think we're at thirteen percent of the U.S. workers is are in healthcare. Right. We just surpassed retail and manufacturing. Wow! So these trends, there's a lot of money being spent. Lots of. And money. probably not being spent in the best way. Well, three point three trillion dollars every year is spent somehow in healthcare. Wow! That's so, a lot of money. And that money reflects what the federal government spends as well as what we pay out of our pocket. So that's feds plus commercial. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So this is where I think it gets really interesting, where Arcadia yeah. comes in to get this data to really track where you can spend more or less and better, right? Yeah, so think of it this way. If you were in charge of a, a company that would have $3.3 trillion, yes. mm-hmm. it, wouldn't you want to have a dashboard or understand where that money's being spent? <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I would just, maybe. So what if I said that uh, you can walk into a health network and say, how many diabetics do you have? And in the last year, have they had a foot and eye exam, which is a very common practice that right. right. with diabetics, exactly. right? That's difficult to, to actually right. pull out of these healthcare systems. The electronic yeah. healthcare record systems were designed primarily for billing and capture of the transaction, not for analytics. Right. So if you walk into a large organization and say, how many diabetics do you have? Many. <laughs> they may have to take a while to figure that out exactly. if they can. We're lucky enough to live in a city that is very pro-healthcare, and we have a lot of healthcare right. investment. Right. Makes sense. You get into other parts of the country, it's it's not like uh, UPMC and, you know. I never even market. thought about that. So if somebody's Pittsburgh, we, we, we have a little more of a grasp on the situation. Absolutely. Being, but it is true. Yeah. The diabetic situation is true. Everyone should have foot assessments it, at least twice a year, I would imagine, if you're diabetic. Yeah, so we have we have. So I mean, think about that. Like that might transcend into impeding future care. Yeah, it's called care gaps. Yeah, so the idea is that care gaps. Care gaps. So you have a population of hundreds of thousands of people across a clinically integrated network, and you're trying to figure out what patients have care gaps. And a care gap could be, um, did I get my diabetic rental, um, my eye exam, my foot exam. Um, that I get my flu shot, and so on. And there are 90-plus, 100-plus things that you could do for a population very, very easily. So if, you get, if you're proactive, having that data, and you can then be proactive with it, you can then start saving money and providing better care. That's it. You want a better care, lower cost. And you can, obviously, it's the data that drives that, and you can actually make that data actionable. Make it actionable, and we can either provide analytics for them, or they can take our data asset and put their own analytics on top of it. So if you're trying to figure out, is there some unusual activity in prescriptions, you know, be it opioids or something like that, you can take that data and then apply your own analytics to. What we do that is very, very special is that we have 10 years of, you know, IP knowledge of how these EHR, the electronic healthcare record systems work. We know how to pull the data out of them that is very different than anyone else in the market. We do it the hard way. 
And we've built up IP to enable you to get the richest data set out of those EHRs. You take that clinical data set, and then you take the claims data, which is the financial data. Right. You marry you those marry t- together. You can start doing some very powerful things, which is, you know, identifying those care gaps, as well as looking at ways to reduce cost, which, you know, one of the fastest ways to reduce cost in a clinical network is you have frequent flyers to the emergency department. So we actually have a report built in. It's a canned report. Can I see who's been going to the emergency room department over and over again? That's Which, an easy one to pick out, right? Yeah, Once so you, you find those folks, you know what's going on. Emergency room is the most expensive way possible to get care if mm-hmm. you don't have emergency. But when I have a you know a scratchy throat, that's where I love to go. Sure. We can go to urgent care <laughs> and it's a fraction of the cost. Exactly. Right. So you can target those people and then you can what market to them and let them know that like this is not the appropriate place to be. Or what going our clients or... would do, the provider would yeah. do is they target those people and then reach out and find out why are they going to the emergency exactly. room or counsel them to go to the urgent care. Exactly. Or find out what's going on. Maybe the person doesn't like the provider and they need a new provider. So put them someone else in your network. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All data yeah, so driven. It's, it's actually such a combination of things. It's education. It's neglect. It's abuse. It's um, the ability to have information that is accessible to you as a provider. Yes. As well as a, a consumer. So, you know, this whole movement of even consumers understanding all this is still not shaped enough people's behaviors. So that if you're a diabetic and you know that you need you need to have your circulation checked or you need sure. to have your eyes checked, what's the impetus to be able to coerce them to get that kind of stuff done? I think that's tricky. When you're trying to get it into patient engagement, right. that is an area that is we're only starting to get right. into. But I think as you unravel the work that you're doing yeah. in, in, your, in this company, then I think that starts to beg the question of how do we go along the whole supply chain? Oh, absolutely. I mean, getting ultimately comes down to behavior in a lot right. of these cases. We used to joke, if I could create a broccoli measure, like if I could measure <laughs> how much broccoli you ate in the last month, obviously we're using broccoli as, you know, as a joke here, but the idea of can I measure what you eat, how much activity you have, you know, we also joke that your iPhone knows more about you than your your provider will ever know. Absolutely right. right. Exactly. Which is scary. But, you know, as we move forward in a society and that data becomes more available or we get over the privacy issues, you know, what we can do to drive change is it's interesting. It is interesting. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And well, I think it's so cool that there's a company in Pittsburgh and you're leading up the tech side of this. Yeah. To how make much this fun happen. are you having? Yeah, I was going to say. Fun come on, every man. day. I mean, it's. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking about healthcare nonstop all day. We're doing big data tech. We're using some of the coolest new uh, technology out there. Yeah. And, um, and then we get to talk to clients. Talking to clients is a blast for yeah, us. Yeah, that probably yeah. is. It, I mean, quite often we're coming in and, you know, they think it's a sales call and it turns into an education session. Exactly. They're like, you're probably freaking them out a little bit yeah, along I mean, the way. Opportunities yeah. for saving, opti- yeah. opportunity for optimization. Yes. And then all of a sudden getting these ahas about correlations is yes. probably exactly. amazing as well. Yeah, we had a client out in the Midwest. We installed our software and they ran it and they found in the previous 18 months they had left as close to 12 to 15 million dollars on the table. Wow. Oh my goodness. Right? So it's like, wait a second. Yep. And they couldn't get the data out of their systems. The data was stuck, like I said, nooks right. and crannies. It was nooks stuck through all these different systems. Once you had it into a consolidated asset you can start asking questions and that's what we should be doing across healthcare right 
altogether. Of course. No, you're solving such tough problems. So are you hiring yeah. there? Yeah. Are you hiring there? We're left. currently hiring, yes. You mm-hmm. are? So should people go to Arcadia.com? So the Arcadia I.O. I.O. Okay. And click on careers. Mm-hmm. And we have positions labeled. Generally, it's developers, account managers. Fantastic. That's love great. It. Here in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. John, thanks for stopping by and telling Thank us all so about much. it, man. Love I love it, man. Man, us too, man. Us too. Anyhow. Yoy, double yoy. <laughs> double yoy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Anyhow, another Tech Vibe Radio, Audrey, has come and gone, but there's no fears. Next Friday, we got a lot more folks like John stopping by, talking about all the great things happening tech-wise in Pittsburgh. It's really cool. I love it, man. Too much fun. Audrey, great co-hosting with you as always. <laughs> We're out of here, man. We are. Yeah, learn more about us at pghtech.org. Have a great weekend. This is Jonathan Kirshning. And this is Audrey Russo. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.